0: comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Gary Giannetti is the author of Start Without Me. I'll be there in a minute. Gary is a four-time Emmy-nominated writer and producer who is the showrunner and creator of HBO Max's The Prince. He got his start writing on several network series before joining Fox's Family Guy, where he was on the original writing staff and went on to pen many memorable episodes featuring Brian and Stewie. He then wrote on NBC's Will and Grace, where he rose to executive producer and showrunner Jannetty also created, executive produced, and wrote all episodes for the ITV, PBS, British sitcom, Vicious, starring Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Derek Jacoby. His popular Instagram account of over 900,000 followers has been featured and praised in such publications as the New York Times, People, and Vanity Fair. Jannetty's first book, Do You Mind If I Cancel?, became an instant New York Times bestseller. He lives in Los Angeles with his husband, TV personality and fashion expert, Brad Gareski. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Gary Genetti. Welcome, Gary. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.
2: Thanks, Zibby. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Oh, as I was just saying to you, I literally just recommended your book on Good Day LA as a book to laugh out loud. So um I am a huge fan of the book and of your writing in general. So
2: thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for the shout out.
0: Also, so I had the PDF of your book on my phone and we were stuck in traffic last night going to this book launch event in Brooklyn with like a lot of people on my team. And everybody was like getting, you know, tired of being in the and I was like, you guys, I'm gonna read Gary Gennetti's book to you out loud. How did it go? It was so great. So there were like two cars of us, and the other car that got there, everybody was like nauseous and in the worst mood. And we all like piled, like fell out of the car, laughing and having. Oh, a okay,
2: sense. good. Yeah, all right. If no. I can help a car
0: ride. Yeah, you helped a car ride. So all mission right, accomplished. Yes, definitely. Um, well, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about this book, and you know, even about both books, why you've started compiling these memories, which ones you pick, how you do it, and all of that.
2: You know, I never. It kind of happened just. By happenstance, I met with James Amelia, who is my editor now, and he asked if off of my Instagram as uh, popularity. He was like, would you ever... Be interested in doing a book, and I had actually been thinking about doing a book. I had always wanted to do it, as you could tell when you read them. I talk about how I see myself as a writer. I'm making air quotes, air quotes, if you're just (laughs) listening. But um, I don't actually, you know, write. So I had this romantic idea of it that existed, not based in any in any kind of reality. But that was something that I felt like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but this is something I've I've been wanting to do. I started off wanting to do it, and now you know, I'm assuming the universe is telling me that now I'll use Instagram as the universe is telling me that now <laughs> is the is the time. So I just, I, you know, Zippy, I didn't know what I was going to do when I started. I had an idea. I just knew I wanted to do um, short essays. And because I've written in sitcoms for so many years, you know, I kind of like to do things economically. So the the essays are kind of, you know, I've compacted my life into very tight, tidy little, you know, chapters. But I just thought of what are the things that I still remember? And... At this point in my life, you know, when you're kind of 50, I'll, I'll call myself 50 generously, <laughs> and you can, you can you have enough to look back on, you know. If I wrote it at 35, I would be more self-conscious about what I was talking about, how because you know you're too you're almost too close to it. But at this point, you think I'm still remembering these things. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. That that's like these are the things that stuck in my head. The things I've kind of written about, these moments from my life, they just are, are things that I still kind of think about. So I figured I'll write about those. So I would just like write one kind of sentence, you know, or even a word down, you know, write about in this book, write about Irene, my next door neighbor that I grew up with, write about your obsession with the Carol Burnett show. You you mm-hmm. still kind of think about that. And it just started from that. So I just kind of, and then as I wrote them, I felt there was a naturally they connected together in some kind of almost, um, not to sound too pretentious, but in almost like a dreamy kind of way, you know, because yeah. there's, it's not like a real straightforward narrative thread by any stretch.
0: But that's fine. This yeah, it's kind of
2: all over the place.
0: It's how we think about life, it, it, really. Right? I, I
2: think... I think so. I don't think things are as tidy, you know, as we would like them to be. You know, we kind of don't know, you know, we jump from one thought to the next and one thing connects us to the other and then we forget our original thought and then we go all the way back to it, maybe, or, you know.
0: (laughs) I just, I love how, so I'm 45, so I got like all the references to. Oh,
2: good. All right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I like how you're constantly like telling the younger reader, you know, you're like... (laughs) even things like when you talk about like the pen pals like i totally made pen pal friendships i had a <laughs> pen pal from paris who i met in jamaica we were pen pals for like 2 years and every time that like airmail paper came in i right. was like Oh, my gosh. Exciting. Now, of course, I didn't visit her like you in your story, which yeah.
2: is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did. And it was actually probably in real life a little bit even more painful than oh my it was in writing about. But yeah, another thing that I, yeah, because my dad worked for a cruise line. So I talk about, you know, how much that impacted my life and how many cruises we went on. Yes. And this older woman, once we became pen pals. And, yeah, and, I, and the, the excitement of that relationship of getting letters and passing letters in the mail but that are just, you know, really, I don't know, you know, what. We were writing about yeah. actually because I was a kid and she was a married woman, but it was all very yeah kind you said, of. You said at weird. one point
0: it was like just one conversation painfully drawn out <laughs> yeah. over six months.
2: You know, like yeah, was no, no. six months over over by like ten years. Like yeah. it was like that. You know, it was yes, the the slowest conversation drips <laughs> coming through the mail. You know, and even how time. you
0: point out in so many instances, like, but wait, you know why were they hanging out with me? Like, yeah. You don't think about it until you're older. Like what, what, you know? what was the 25-year-old couple doing with like a 15-year-old boy or whatever?
2: Yeah. I think part of it too was I always kind of was more comfortable yeah. around older people. You know, yeah. it wasn't like they sought me out. I sought out, right. you know, people that were, were older. So
0: I think there should be like a whole, I don't know, social network of old souls you know, like you, yeah. I, I identify as an old soul. Like you're an old Me soul. There too. are all these old uh, souls out there where I was like, uh, you know, at these like seventh grade sleepovers, and I was like, literally reading my book with the mom in the other room. You know, just being like, okay. Yeah,
2: I was always <laughs> reading. I, I read Mommy Dearest when I was a kid. Like I read everything. I read my I read books my mother read too. They were around whatever bestsellers were there. I just picked them up. Nobody ever. The medieval Horror, I think I was like 10. I don't know. Nobody ever said that's not appropriate for you. They mm. might've rolled their eyes. But nobody was paying that much attention. You know, yes. my mother wasn't looking like what you were reading. I had a book. You right. know, it was like it didn't really whatever the book was, but yeah, it was always also there wasn't anything called young adult fiction at the time. You know, True. there was yes. like little kids, and then there was you know full on adults. Yes. So yeah, which was kind of nice. I just skipped. <laughs> I just skipped ahead.
0: Totally, I went straight to Judith Crantz from like Judy <laughs> totally. Blue. To Judith
2: Judy Blue, yeah, Judy Blue. They passed that that book around. Was yeah. it forever or something? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. And you also do talk. Oh, by the way, your sister was like the most hilarious character. How you talked about her, like, and you were like, you know, it's not so easy being like a, a gay boy in yeah. Queens, Maria. You know. And anyway, I don't know. I'm like, this probably is making no sense to anyone listening. I'm just like talking about the funniest <laughs> parts. But it was just so funny how you developed that and your family and how you felt feel even now, like going back and all of that. Anyway, how do people in your life tend to feel being written about?
2: You know, we haven't talked that much about it. You know, they've just recently read this book. (laughs) But I think they all like it. You know, everybody understands. For me, you know, it's different for everybody, obviously. But I'm looking for a way, for the most part, to celebrate the people that have been in my life in, in it, not to kind of bring anybody to task about any past grievances that I'm now going to settle in this with certainly with my family. There are other people who those people I changed their names and they're not usually, you know, in my life anymore. But for the most part, yeah, it's like I I I want to be able to celebrate the things that I have found in them that I that that I love about them and stuff. And it's kind of So I'm hoping that people sense that.
0: I love it. That's so great. How did you go from Queens, Mm -hmm. like feeling so frustrated, Wizard of Oz boy, you know, roaming the streets in Venice to the sitcom part of your life?
2: You know, in the, in my in my first book, mm-hmm. plug for the first book. Do you mind if I cancel now? Added paperback, but I talk about I work at the Paramount Hotel as a bellman in it for two chapters, and oh, I'm like 28 years old, and I'm in terrible debt, and you know, I kept living. I I just couldn't make enough to pay for. What you know? I, I look at young people going to restaurants now, and, and I all only think, how do they afford this? Like I'm looking at the prices. I'm like, there were cheap restaurants when I was in my 20s. Now everybody wants to go to all the restaurants they see in the infatuation and eater and on Instagram, and it's expensive. Like there, it's a hundred dollars a person. Yeah. I'm like, I would be mentally like, I have, I would have a twenty dollar bill in my pocket, and thinking like, if I spend this whole twenty dollars on dinner, I'm like. I'm not going to be eating much tomorrow, you know, like that. And, and I would have to, it was always in my head. So yeah, I'd gotten myself in like bad trouble of, of being in debt and working in the hotel. And I'm like, at 28, you're like, you can see 30. And I felt like, what am I doing? Like I- I'm waiting for something to happen to me, and like it doesn't work like that. I would I-, I would work at this hotel thinking I was going to be you know discovered. I made air quotes again, like <laughs> Lana Turner in the drugstore for those of us you know who can remember. I'm too young for Lana Turner, but Google it anyway. Yeah, somebody just be plucked out of obscurity. I thought that, you know, I'd be discovered working in this hotel and somebody would say, I see something inside you. You'll, you'd will you be a terrific actor on All My Children or you'd be a wonderful writer for, you know, Vanity Fair. Like I had, would you have a short story? I work for The New Yorker, you know? It was like, <laughs> I, I, and my job was to just be like, oh, like have humility and be like, I actually do, you know? <laughs> and that's how it was going to happen. And I had this kind of epiphany at one point you know, day working there where I had, I checked in actually somebody who I went to school with and I had carried his bags up to the room and he tried to give me a tip. And it was just like, it was so, I was just like, what, what's happened? You know, like, I, like, I, I don't want to be here. Like I, I need to fix this. And I moved to LA. I quit, I quit and I moved to LA a couple of months, I was already living in LA a few months later and, and I was teaching myself how to write for TV. I had been talking about writing that I was going to write for so long. And I was like, you have to do it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody's coming to you, you idiot. Nobody's nobody's finding you here. You know, nobody's looking for you. Whoosh. Nobody should care about your career and your future more than you do. You know, mm-hmm. like, why would a stranger care more than... I care that made like it all kind of you know clicked into place. So I just moved to LA shortly thereafter and I started writing and teaching myself. There was no internet. Sadly, it sounds so strange to say that, but I mean I'm sure it was, you know, like in like huge, you know, bigger kind of internet-y kind of thing, but there was no Google. And I went to the Writers Guild Library and I and I read. Scripts from sitcoms. Like at the time, it was like friends and Mad About You and Seinfeld and Frasier and Roseanne. And I read these scripts and they were so well crafted. And I thought, I could I could do this. You know, it was by years of watching TV, had kind of, you know, unknowingly I was training my mind to kind of think like that. Like it made it made sense. It was a language that I already spoke. I talk about in the book often I repeat, especially in in this book, the the language of boys, the language of sports and all the things that they were interested in, it always felt to me like a language I didn't speak. You know, I could pretend, i pick up phrases. It's like I go to France and I can order, you know, that's what it was like. (laughs) I was in France, you know, like all the time, not speaking the language. And when I finally went to the Writers Guild Library and I read these sitcom scripts I was like this is a language I speak and I didn't know it you know Mm. in in, in a way I mean even then I I, I couldn't really articulate it like I can now looking back so I just started doing it I just started writing it and I was focused I was a laser focused on like I am going to make this happen it was a switch went off and it never once I started writing I, I haven't stopped you know since you know I it was a big, yeah, like kind of wake up call. And I was fortunate that a few months after I moved to LA, I got a job writing on a sitcom, you know, I, I had written, you know, I was like, literally like, I went from waiting for everything to happen to making everything happen, you know, overnight, which also is my advice to any <laughs> young people. And I think I write about that in my first book a lot. And you say, you know, Zibia, that I was right, you know, write about like young people compared to now and then, but that's a thing that Uh, people who were in their 20s now were like, I needed to hear that. You know, I've said, Mm -hmm. or oh my God, I have felt the same way. You know, like I did, you know, I have felt like this was, you know, something was just going to magically happen kind of fault, you know, to me as well, as opposed to, or I needed to hear that kind of thing. So, yeah. Anyway, did that answer your question? I kind totally. of went all over the place. Like... I don't even
0: care. I just love listening. It's great. Yes. And that did answer my question. And yeah, I stuck yeah. a few
2: other answers in there too.
0: Yeah. Great. <laughs> Two other unasked file, questions. File them in. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to
3: your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and
0: experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare.
0: You know, you're funny in this book about Instagram and how you said something about like, it's like having milk in the fridge, like just because you see it a few times a day doesn't mean you're friends.
2: Yeah. It's like you're <laughs> people you know on Instagram. right. right. You said it so in like, such a better yeah. <laughs> way. Yeah.
0: But here you are with this like massive following and you're so, I mean, clever in the way you use the platform. Like, just tell me about that. Like, how... Because sometimes because your your captions are often very short, the pictures, it could have just been Twitter. You know, it's also Instagram. Like, how did you decide, like, I'm going to master these mediums and like tap into this whole thing and like all this stuff with the royal family? And like, you've just like sort of hit it a spot on. Was it just luck or just I don't know. Tell me about that
2: you know it wasn't like a it wasn't like i made a decision like i'm going to become a thing on instagram i mean you can't kind of you know make that decision because it doesn't quite work out the way you kind of think it is i just wanted to i what i like about social media you know there's we all know the negative things about, about it there are lots of you know negative things um you know and but there's also A lot of positives and it's a way to kind of connect with people. And for me, I I wanted to do something different on it. I was like, well, I, I like to, you know, zig when everybody's zagging, you know, I like to do the thing that people aren't doing. So I'm not interested in sharing my personal life, although there are bits, I guess, of it through my husband, Brad, and mostly on his, but it's not about my personal life. It's about, you know, kind of just, I thought of it as little TV show. I'm like, I wonder if I can use Instagram and make it kind of my own, you know, show and just do my, it's like the anti-Instagram almost, Mm -hmm. you know, people are posting inspirational posts and quotes i'll turn that kind of inside out because you know i find that it's like it's so trite and meaningless and the you know it's like what's a you know what's a way to kind of that i can contribute to this and i have something to say and i can use it for that and i wonder if people will, will respond to that and then um when i started doing memes with prince george i think and then i started developing a personality for him and started pushing how far you can uh, go on the platform to kind of create like I was like treating it like it was a TV show, you know, Mm -hmm. a whole little kind of universe. And gradually, yeah, I think people started coming aboard. It was like, also, it's like you find people who have a shared sensibility. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So for the most part, you know, you gather people who kind of share your outlook, as it were, a bit. But it happened totally organically. But I did intend to do do my own thing. I, I was like, I want to do my own thing. Also, you know, when you write for television and for so long, and when I started Instagram, it was before the books, you know, for something to go from my head, for you to see it on TV is a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. It's painstaking. It's a lot. And oftentimes, it does not make it there along the way. There are notes, and there's feedbacks, and there are rewrites, and there are so many things, and there are months that go by, and then you kind of watch it. And you're like, ah, but this was an opportunity to have something in my head, and now I put it out, and it's right in the audience in a second, and it gets a response, you know? And yeah, it's kind of, it's satisfying. Also, it can be satisfying in that way creatively.
0: Yes. There's nothing like the immediacy. Like, test out this thing. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know, it's great. totally. Work it (laughs) off. No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, they can't all be
0: gems. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you working on now?
2: Now, just for the most part, kind of working on the book, you know, taking the book out into the world. And after having spent so much time, you know, writing it even though it's short <laughs> like it's so I Look at it I'm like it's so short yet it took so long <laughs> people are like I finished it in a night I'm like, uh. <laughs> like a night like I wish I could have written it in a night so I'll be going on going on book tour so I'll be taking that around and then kind of seeing what it is that I want to do next
0: That's awesome. Wait so how long did it take to write?
2: You know 8 months
0: yeah, that's not bad for a book, by the way.
2: Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, so like many- also, it's not that, you know, it's not that long. So, you know, it's like, it's my attention, everything is my attention span. <laughs> I-, I like a book either to be this length or 3,000 pages. Like, it needs to be one or the other. If it's something, if something is like 380 pages, I'm like, 400 pages, like, mm. but if you tell me it's like 1,500 pages, I'm like, let me see. <laughs> like, like, it's like one extreme or the other.
0: I totally get it. It's
2: uh, like a, I'd rather watch a movie that's ninety minutes or ten episodes, one hour episodes of The Crown. But if if the movie's two and a half hours, I'm like, I'm no. I know you.
0: it's so crazy. It, none of it, none of none of our consumption <laughs> patterns make any sense anymore. No sense. No sense. Well, okay. So seriously, if somebody's trying to write about their life and they want, if, let's say, somebody thinks they're funny. But who knows okay. if they are or not? What What do they do next? Like, is it worth trying? Do you like, what medium do you like best? Like, what advice do you have for them?
2: First of all, you should never think you're funny. So, <laughs> I I don't think I'm, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, finally I'm like, I can be funny is what I, I have my moments, you know, when I'm funny. And then I have many moments when I'm not. I always, you know, feel like I never tell anybody like, yeah, it's like comedy, you know, like I'm a comedy writer. It's like you can decide whether or not it's comedy. I'll just leave off the adjective and say yeah. writer. So cause it's so subjective, right? But I would say if if they were interested in writing, are you saying if they're interested, if they think, okay, so I think yes. I have something, yes. I think I I think I'm funny and I would like to write. Yeah. Is that the general yeah. kind of yeah. thing? What it would okay. I would say, what is it you're drawn to? What do you watch? Do you watch a lot of a TV comedy do you watch a lot of animation do you read a lot what is it how do you absorb comedy like what is it that you gravitate towards that's what you should be writing that that's what it is if it's like i don't watch a lot of tv but i think i would like to write you know a sitcom it's like no like what <laughs> why it's like because i think i could do it it's like it's hard like you have to be passionate. So what's the thing? If it's if it's I like comic essays or I like this kind of thing. It's like, yeah, then then start doing that. Then 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 do it. And don't be afraid. The thing I've had to learn too is you know don't don't force don't force the funny. Like don't 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 try too hard. We can see when somebody's working too hard. You know it's like when something I can notice it when you write like multicam sitcoms like when you, uh, Will and Grace is a multicam sitcom versus you know Modern Family single camera versus you know animation obviously but they're all kind of a, a bit different the way you the way I approach them uh, something that's multicam for Will and Grace the writing I feel. Is better when it has more of a tossed-off quality, where mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't feel tortured. Every yeah. joke isn't so you know so written because yep. an audience oftentimes laughs just at the things that are more human and smaller, mm-hmm. as opposed to the, the the finely constructed joke. You know, it's like it's it if something is too overthought, sometimes that kind of comes through. You know, so that's why the thing that you're passionate about. The area that you love, if whatever it is, there's no shame in anything, whatever it is, I have very high, low tastes, you know, that's what you should go towards because that's kind of how you, you know, that the thing that you love, don't go, don't go to the thing that you don't. It's like, you know, I want to do stand up, even though but it, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. It's like, like what are you talking about? So many people are <laughs> like, I'll do stand up.
0: My husband and I, where were we? I think we were like maybe going to one of the million of open houses we do just for fun, even though we have no intention of buying anything. But anyway, we, I think we were with this woman and she was showing around a house and she was very serious the whole time. And then she happens to mention, and she's like, you know, on the weekends, you know, that, and that's where I perform my stand up routines. And we kind of laughed, like, haha.
1: <laughs>
2: and she was
0: serious. <laughs> I'm like, you do stand up comedy? Like, come on! No,
2: there's <laughs> maybe, no way. Maybe she's good. Maybe she's amazing. <laughs> Who maybe knows? Maybe, maybe she's amazing. I know. She's probably like yeah. has her own. But it's hard. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's like saying, I think I want to do. I want to perform surgery. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you don't <laughs> just get up and do stand-up. It's like crazily difficult.
0: Well, but, I yeah. feel like your whole career has sort of justified the 12 hours a day you spent watching TV. Like, <laughs> it has. Like this,
2: right? I didn't know. Yeah, it's completely, yeah, it's it's completely. It was, it was training for it. I didn't even know when I was in my 20s and I wanted to be a writer and I was doing all of this stuff. Like I, you know, I wanted to be a novelist, air quotes again. And I never even thought, well, why don't, be, why don't you want to write for TV? You mm-hmm. know, because I didn't think, I, I didn't connect those dots. There was nobody, by the way, to help me connect the dots. Nobody just said, hey, you want to be a writer? You have a good ear Because I, I mm-hmm. did write in school and I did well with it. And teachers told me I had a good ear." but you know, um, for dialogue, but nobody was telling me perhaps, you know, writing for television or this, because it wasn't anything that anybody thought of. So it was just... I guess it was there in the back of my mind. And it was just like, I'll just try this, you know, uh, to do, to do this. So yeah, it, and, I had no idea that I was
0: you know, as a, doing as a parent, so much
2: preparation for it.
0: So I have four kids and I used to have these like very stringent time restrictions on everything. But like I keep interviewing people like you or like I read about Simone Biles who's like, I sat and watched gymnastics for videos for like four hours a day. And I'm like, maybe she wouldn't have been Simone Biles if her mom had been like, you can only watch 30 minutes a day. You know? You're right, like, by you the way. You would be a sitcom I, writer if you had I, only watched 30 I'm minutes I'm telling
2: ahead. you, no, I definitely... I, I mean, I'm not... This is not to advocate for parents leaving their children in front <laughs> of the TV for, you know, 12 hours, which is about how much I, I... Yeah, I watched it like it was my job. I mean, it was like I had, you know... But it was... I, you know, I also was engaging with it in a weird way. You know, I was a lonely kid and it was, it was more than a lifeline. It was, you know, it activated kind of something in me, my imagination in a way. So, yeah, and it is, I, I, I do believe that Simone Biles, of course, that, 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 that helped. I mean, she's extraordinary, obviously, but I, I think that also is, is a form of training. Mm-hmm. You know, men to cer- certainly mentally. And yeah, I know it's ironic that it ended up this way. I mean, my mom is so pleased. I'm like, because we watched, because she was, they complained about how much TV I watched, obviously, but there was nothing to be done about it. You know? <laughs> I was always watching it. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> like it, is, it ended up being a good thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know. You never know you what's going to go on with your yeah. kids or anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Totally.
0: Just last question, but are you reading anything good now or have you read anything amazing lately?
2: Yeah. You know, I just read, my God, I read so much that everything kind of blends together. But I just read Edith Wharton for the first time, the the novel with Lily Bart, not The Age of Innocence, uh, The House of Mirth. I just read The House of Mirth because The Gilded Age was on and I was watching The Gilded Age and I was like, I want to read an Edith Wharton novel and I had never read The House of Mirth and it's so good. Oh my God. <laughs> you cannot, there's nobody, oh my God. I was like, it, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, so I, yeah, The House of Mirth and I read uh, Elena Fronte's new book, The Lion, life of adults as well just awesome. recently
0: Very yeah cool. I
2: love her too and Sally Rooney yeah I love Sally Rooney
0: everybody loves Sally Rooney I know, Go too. know she's
2: great <laughs> okay
0: Gary thank you so much this is so fun and thank you for making me laugh and um, I feel like we all need a good laugh right about now in the world and thank you it's coming at the perfect time so good luck with your tour and have fun thank
2: you thanks so much Zibby. it was a pleasure
0: okay you too bye <laughs> bye bye